Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is risen. Good morning. In modern America, we spend a lot of our effort and of our time insisting upon things like ethnicity, race, sexual identification, nationality, age, things that we use to classify ourselves and divide ourselves into various groups which we, which we then pit against the other. Uh, it's so ingrained that even something as simple as going to the doctor involves answering all of these various questions about how the doctor needs to classify you. Are you male? Are you married? Uh, are you of this particular ethnicity? Do you have a particular religious uh, affiliation? Etc., etc., etc. Well, in today's gospel reading, Christ demolishes all of these. Every single last one of them. And the simple act of asking a Samaritan woman for a drink. Because as she says, this doesn't make any sense. First of all, you're a man and I'm a woman. You shouldn't be talking to me. And secondly, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. You shouldn't be talking to me. What are you doing? And this, of course, is Christ, God. And in this act, He is demonstrating that all of this effort on a daily basis that we Americans put into classifying ourselves is a waste of time. He doesn't care one whit for all of the ways in which we decide to divide ourselves. Because He is not here to divide us. He is here to unite us. He is here to save us. And what's interesting is that Christ's trust in this relationship that He starts with this woman, Photini, the Samaritan woman, pays off. He's exactly correct. Normally, we would expect a woman who comes at the sixth hour to get water from the well. The sixth hour is the hottest hour of the day. She goes there specifically because she is embarrassed. The social norms call people to ridicule her because she's had five husbands and now she's living in adultery with a sixth man who is not her husband. And so she goes during the hottest day of, of time of the day in order to get water, in order to avoid any kind of confrontation whatsoever. And yet, when Christ exposes her, not only is she not embarrassed, but she starts having a theological discussion. Think about that. She asks the question, who's right? We worship God on the mountain. You guys worship God in the temple. Who's right? And then Christ says something truly, truly profound. First of all, he says, you worship what you do not know. And that is something that we can say of people throughout time. 
You worship what you do not know, and it is particularly true today, particularly true in the United States, where we have people who do worship, but they worship things that they do not know and cannot know. For example, if you go to the grocery store, the checkout center, you will see all kinds of magazines made available to people who participate in the worship of celebrity. In fact, we have two candidates for president who are operating under the premise of celebrity rather than things like policy or truth. And they are both in the position that they are in, not because they are the best people for the job, but because they are celebrities. Period. End of story. But here's the kicker. When we worship these people, when we eat up all of the gossip, when we watch all of these shows where we kind of get to see the inside of their house or they get a tour of all of the wonderful things that they own, when we read interviews about them, do we ever really get to know them? I'm sure if you went to their house, it would be gated and there would be guards with guns and you would be able to get about, oh, maybe if you were lucky, a hundred yards away from them. And if you were a hundred yards away from someone and there was a gun in between you and that person and you were unable to talk to them, how can you ever get to truly know them? You can't. There's no possible, possible way. And so we Americans worship what we do not know. And then Christ says this, The hour is coming and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Here we have the Trinity. And this is what is unique and wonderful and profound about the Christian church, particularly the Orthodox church, is the fact that we insist, if we are to be true worshipers, we must worship in spirit and in truth. During this period of Pascha, we have passed mid-Pentecost. So we, while we are still celebrating Pascha, we are still celebrating the resurrection, we are beginning to turn towards the expectation of Pentecost and the descent of the Holy Spirit and that ex true experience of God as Trinity. True worship is in the Trinity. Worship in spirit, speaking about the Holy Spirit, and truth, speaking about Christ, who is the life, the way, and the truth. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. For such, the Father seeks to worship him. So this is the way we understand this works. Each person of the Trinity has a particular activity or role which they fulfill. The Holy Spirit descends. We see Him descend upon the Virgin Mary. We see Him descend upon Christ at His baptism. We see Christ descend at Pentecost. We see the Holy Spirit descend the waters at our baptism. Upon us, we see the Holy Spirit descend upon these gifts here set forth 
to make them the body and blood of Christ. We ask for the communion of the Holy Spirit because it is through the Holy Spirit that we have communion with Christ, the truth. And then we get to partake of the truth of Christ Himself. And with Christ indwelling in us, with Christ's perfection, His perfect obedience to the Father, even unto the cross, we get to fulfill the will of the Father and participate in Him. True worship is in spirit and in truth. True worship requires the Trinity. And thus, we, as Orthodox Christians, must be like Photony. Because when she starts piecing together everything that Christ says, she says, I know that Christ is coming. The Christ is coming. He's going to reveal all things to us. And guess what Christ says? He says to her, a woman, a Samaritan woman, an adulteress. That's me. The first time he explicitly declares that he is the Christ, he does so to a Samaritan woman and an adulteress. And immediately... She puts aside all of those classifications that we Americans are so obsessed with. Those things that she was and used to be embarrassed about. I'm a woman. I'm a Samaritan. I am living with a man who is not my husband. She throws them all aside to go running to the people to say, the Christ is here. He knows all things about me. Could this guy be the Christ? And the Samaritans come to Christ and begin to believe. They begin to worship in spirit and in truth. So like her, we need to learn to have boldness, to set aside all of the various ways in which we like to divide ourselves and understand them to be as worthless as they are, as irrelevant as they are, as proven by Christ and St. Fontany, equal to the apostles, and go forth into this world that worships celebrity, that does not know what it worships, and declare the truth that Christ is risen from the dead, and by death he is trampled down upon death, and to those in the tombs he has granted life, and we no longer need to fear. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, unto the ages of ages. Amen.